Boz. Welcome to the Land of Boz with Jeff Bosley. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Land of Boz for a Saturday, February 16th, the episode 5-0 show. And with that, it is a big day. Not only it's just a big day because it's episode 50, but it's the official first one with Scott Seagren in the background. What's up, buddy? Hey, how's it going, my friend? Awesome. So, yeah, that's Scott. He is on... We're doing this remotely, and this is bound to be a uh, poop show because <laughs> I've got a lot of new equipment, and I'm trying to do all this at once while talking to Scott, while keeping levels good. All y'all think it's just setting down your phone and creating a podcast, and it's far, far from. So, Oh, yeah. It's going to be a cluster fudge. <laughs> if you haven't noticed, Scott and I have gone uh, G-rated on two swear phrases already, and we were only a few seconds into the show trying to keep it clean for y'all because i found out the other day uh that somebody actually takes a segment of the show and plays it back for her class in school i.e class like education like an environment of children's minds so i have to keep this a little bit cleaner now um but yeah so f- first show with scott co-host i don't want to say sidekick because that sounded demeaning but i guess co-host <laughs> well because i was gonna post it on instagram i was like my co- my sidekick and i was like yeah he's not my robin um no yeah. I'm no one's robin so since this is scott's <laughs> first official uh co-host scott tell us about yourself so everybody knows who you are uh okay i uh i'm scott and uh i i'm a teacher and a filmmaker and uh that pretty much sums it up i like to say uh what do i say in my educating young minds or whatever yeah i was just say what is uh, what's what's the line i use on my my dating app profiles uh what's oh that's what comforting it? that's i'm glad that's what you're resorting to for this yeah well i feel like it was well written when i wrote it at the time so you know you know what i'm just gonna open it whatever it's 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 the first show i can oh, do yeah. this it's yeah this fine. is uh for those listening today um actually i know fortunately a lot of people listen to this thank god scott and i uh really appreciate it and yeah this is scott even though we're doing it remote we're doing it we're hitting record and not stopping any of the you need past listeners know um i would record a segment edit in a sound start recording a segment again we hit record and this is essentially quote unquote live and then i'm hitting record when we're done so you get it as is unless scott and i do something horrendously embarrassing and career uh shattering i will edit that out (laughs) but pretty much what you get is what you get so got your app all right see see i got i got my i got my one-liner here from my bio so this will be way better than anything i could just spitball yes all right uh, so hi i'm scott i teach technology to kids make movies and probably drink way too much coffee <laughs> Five ten. i'll buy the first round <laughs> your first co-host opened up with your dating app um yeah you put your hey, best foot forward gotta keep it interesting well hey uh well no we'll talk uh, we'll do it now. I don't. I wanted. I just want to force uh, sound effects, just because. Like, I have. I got this new app. Um, I'll say. Well, you know what? Okay, this will force it. Um, there's two. Ra- God, there's like nine segments about to happen all one time. So, in lieu of what I was about to do, uh, I should start out the show by shouting out something. So, a quick shout out segment, and then I'll go to what I was going with Scott. So, shout out. Show, show, let it all out. <laughs> These are the shears that we shear about. All right. Shout out time. That was ridiculous. That, trust me. I'm. 
half of them make me laugh harder than most people. Um, so huge shout outs to, uh, I don't know if she wants her name, but LK for the soundboard for the app I'm using for the sound effects. Um, and that's what I was getting to is I really wanted to use a sound effect for Scott and I about ready to talk about dating apps. So I forced a shout out segment to thank her for that app. So shout out to her. And while we're on the shout out thing, huge shout out, shout out to America supply company. And none of these are sponsors, by the way, it's not that bull crap, but in lieu of that and the funny segments Scott was rolling his eyes at, they are actually creating t-shirts and hats for segments people like on the show. So there's a Land of Oz apparel line now. Uh, there will probably, another f- fan favorite, if you will, is Hump Day. Um, oh. So we'll get to that because it's not Wednesday, So, but Hump Day. Hump Day! Yeah! <laughs> That's what I play on. <laughs> Are you glad now I got the soundboard? Um, I I was never not glad. <laughs> um, so yeah, fans are going to be chiming in on votes for various uh, segments or things to be featured on shirts and any like fan art. But right now, the only ones we got is the Land of Oz logo, uh, a Bosley for Reacher logo. Now, Hump Day has like is kind of up in the lead right now. Any other ones? So huge shout out to America Supply Co. Uh, LK for literally all the gear I'm being that's being used right now. But now we'll talk about the dating apps. <laughs> this is very sporadic. And I'm trying to keep notes about the segment. Dating apps. See we need a site. We need a like a what are the producer, the person that sits in the back and does all this. Oh yeah, definitely. Somebody to just like Type program out sound effects or little jingles. Yeah. God. Now I see why Joe Rogan hires that guy. So I remember I had a dating app and I'm not knocking them. I just can't do them um, it's probably like a scott as my uh uh we'll get into that segment later in relationships but scott is like one of my best friends relationship advice guy knows i probably have like an addictive personality but every the one time i've used i used tinder back before tinder was i guess correct me if i'm wrong scott tinder is very it's kind of lost its original purpose like before oh it was, it tinder was, has definitely lost its original purpose yeah before it was like oh Absolutely. we're trying to connect people and, and souls and spirits and relationships now it's just like hey wanna f-? like it's is it that is that what i'm getting oh uh, maybe maybe you're having a different experience than the collective. no i haven't no i'm saying not that's not what i have what is tinder now what is it morphed into Tinder has definitely turned into more of like a, a full on, oh, you know, I'm I'm here for a serious adult relationship and, and nothing else. Oh, and not, not here for hookups. I thought it was the other way around. Now, see, Tinder started out originally as like the thing, like to the app. If, if you use Tinder, it was because you, you were down. To have some... No kidding. Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> when it first started, I was on Tinder trying to get into a serious adult relationship. Meanwhile, the reciprocal Shh. side is just trying to get some bang bang. Yeah, see, and that's how Tinder did start was just people who were just looking to hook it up and God. wanted to do it quick. Son of a. God damn it, Archer! <laughs> Right. If I was, if this was, <laughs> if this was a morning radio show, I'd be like the wacky guy that has to play way too many sound effects. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Okay. That explains a lot because when I was on Tinder, I gave it its wholesome. Uh, I originally thought it was for wholesome, good relationship purposes, which now ironically it's morphed into. Uh, but I remember I put, I was kind of in the, in, in a spot in my life where I was like, uh, F it. I'm just going to be honest. And I wasn't, I wasn't a dick, but I was, pretty to the point like 
I work too much. If I have time for you as a relationship, I'll be loyal. But otherwise, you know, I was to the point. And I met a few random people. Actually, ironically, we're still friends. Uh, they're all getting married to other men at this point. But they were all like, I clicked on it just because I was like, nobody can be this much of an asshole. <laughs> so <laughs> the only reason they clicked on it was because they were curious. <laughs> That's funny. So, yeah, dating apps and me, I uh, Scott knows I'm semi-mentally challenged on my own, let alone via an app. But Hey, you know what, though? Dating apps are not exactly the easiest place in the world to meet people. Because yeah. you can have occasionally a conversation with a person. But nine times out of ten, that conversation fizzles out. Or the minute you ask about like making any actual plans, they just stop talking to you completely. <laughs> or flip side, like the miracle happens. You actually do meet up with the person. Then you go on this date and it's awkward and weird and neither one of you has that great a time. And then like maybe you kiss and it's kind of weird too. Or maybe you don't. And you're like, oh, weird hug, handshake, goodbye. And then uh, then it's like, do you want to go on another date with that person? Ooh, probably so, not. So apparently I'm not missing out. <laughs> you're not missing much in my, my honest opinion. Uh, I've been on the dating market for quite a while. And it's, it's not, not exactly the funnest place to be. And that's not me saying like, oh. I definitely am trying to get into a relationship. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm not. Well, I think by nature, <laughs> this is turning into relationship talk. This is just supposed to be your intro. So <laughs> we, we have started. The show has begun, Jeff. You yes. have to keep up. I will focus on that. Um, but so that's Scott. <laughs> Welcome to the show, co-host. <laughs> um, Welcome. Thank you. Thank so you. yeah, Scott, uh, I met him many, many years ago. He flew me from Colorado to LA to work. Oh, I, hate, I have to listen on this on a monitor, so I'm in my headphones. I'm here in my own head. Um, or you know what's voice. funny is I feel like I feel like every time we, we do any podcasting, you, you do this introduction of like how we met, but it always changes a little bit every time. <laughs> well, it also could be relative to the amount of whiskey involved. That's fair. So right That's now I'm fair. just going pure on instinct memory. Uh, we met on a movie he hired. No, no, you're right. I see why you said that. We met on, it, god damn it, their mouse, it stuck. <laughs> Everything just disappeared. We were both on a movie. That's right. Thank you, buddy. Yep. That, it's okay. I, well, that, I only bring it up because you're it was such a weird movie. Yeah, and uh, I still haven't seen it. Nor I. So we well, met on a movie. He was, uh, you're pretty much the everyman. I'll, assistant DP in lighting and all the above. And after I was in it. I wasn't well, yeah. supposed to do anything else. Oh, it's the other way around. Okay, that's my bad memory. The other way around, he was actually an actor, and then all of a sudden, next thing you know, he's like assistant DP, lighting help, all the above. I got Aaron hired as a, as DP for one of the days we were shooting. After you were hired as an actor. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that's how Scott and I met. Fast forward, I, then after that, I went back to Colorado. Uh, he hired me for a film he's shooting, which someday I will, I will fund and will make. Uh, and oh, I, yeah. Yeah, me and Aaron both looked at Jeff and we're like, uh, "Hey, what do you think about Jeff to be uh, to be that bad guy that we got in our in our short movie?" Yeah, Jeff would be great, yeah. wouldn't he? The 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 guy to play the uh, gay hitman in our science fiction feature. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, 
I'm biased, but it's one of my favorite movies I've ever been part of or seen. And my sister named her son Soren, so now I'm really biased. It's pretty dope. Don't get cocky. She didn't do it for us, but I don't <laughs> I care. Like to, I like to think so. So I will pretend. <laughs> With all of that being said, every show, um, before we get into the absurdity of which we've already got into, um, we do a little bit of knowledge. And so first we will touch on a little bit of history. Extra, extra, read all about it, life story of Playboy Penny, extra, extra. <laughs> all right. So far, relatively flawless. Um, Scott can't see all the right. screen, so Scott just gets to interact. Um, but today... For a little bit of history, February 16th, uh, I'm seeing these for the first time as we go. Uh, today, February 16th in 1959, Fidel Castro is sworn as a prime minister of Cuba, Cuba after forcing President Fugalinsinho Batista into exile. And uh, with recent developments, we all know how that ended recently. <laughs> that has they, special significance yeah, for me. See, oh, really? How? Why? Cuban. Well, I knew that, but I didn't know if there was like, was your mom there? I didn't know if it was beyond that. So Scott's Cuban, but I was expecting a longer, you know, Al Pacino. Nah. Okay. <laughs> Next thing you know, they're shooting Fast and Furious 15 there. So apparently Cuba is not Cuba anymore. Oh, hold up. You didn't know they shot that there? I, I, I did know they shot down there, but like it, for later, we have a whole nother Fast and Furious conversation to have with, with the whole Hobbs and Shaw thing. Because, oh okay, my God. Yeah, we'll do that on Movie Talk. Uh, we're going to be reviewing Velvet Budsaw, and apparently we got a little talky uh, talky about Hobbs and Shaw. We have, I have a couple intimate connections with that, so I'm curious where you're going. All cool. right, continuing history. Uh, today, February 16th, 1923, King, I always just can say King Tut. I cannot say the long term. King Tutankhamen, am I saying it right? Tutankhamen. Uh, yes. I really like to say King Tut, but it was yeah. like Tutankhamen. Americans being historically uh, inept at saying long words. The Boy King's burial chamber is unsealed by Howard Carter. They found King Tut's sarcophagus. They had entered the tomb the previous November. All right, that wasn't cool. Uh, Uranus, federal cop insurance. Nylon, February 16th, 1937. Nylon is patented. So for all of you using nylon today, raise a glass. <laughs> Thanks, nylon. Yeah. I don't have a sound effect for that. Sorry, buddy. Uh, February 16th, 1741. The first issue of Ben Franklin's General Magazine is issued. It's the second magazine published in America. Oh, man. Hmm. Mm, Some cool. of these are more uh, educational than entertaining. So We need more print press. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's a dying. I mean, hell, Playboy can't stay alive. I mean, everything's going to digital now. That's true. For those of you who don't know, Playboy is no longer published uh, by print. But I just read it for the articles anyway. So uh, today, February sixteenth, nineteen fifty-eight. Ice T. Do you know his real name, Scott? Ice T. Oh, uh, I forget his real name actually. Tracy Morrow. Now oh, I know yeah. why he. Yeah. Now I know why he changed it to Ice T. <laughs> No, he's Ice T. He's yeah. Ice Tracy. I get it. I'm with it. <laughs> I didn't know that until uh, the screen I'm looking at. American rap singer, actor, cop. Oh. It's funny because the way this is written, it's in regular font, American rap singer, comma, actor, and then it says comma, and then it's in italics implying a title of a movie or title of a song. Oh, weird. But All the right. way I'm looking at it is it says American rap singer, actor, cop killer. <laughs> what? <laughs> I guess the name of one of his albums was Cop Killer or a song. So I was like, wow. Oh, or yes. wait, I don't know. Maybe he killed a cop. I love that that's like part of the description of Ice-T. Yeah, they, that, 
Punctuation matters, folks. Go to back to school. <laughs> American rap singer and actor, period. Next sentence. In movies and uh, albums called Cop Killer, New Jack City, Breaking, Who's the Man? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, bringing it back to people that probably have no historical education. Born today, February 16th, 1954, Margot Hemingway, if you don't know who she Ooh. is. Yeah. See, Scott and I are being film guys, at least have a concept of who she is. But for those of you who know who Ernest Hemingway is, he, uh, she's the granddaughter, so Grandpa Ernest. American actress, supermodel, granddaughter of American writer Ernest Hemingway. She appeared on the covers of Cosmo, L, Harper's Bazaar, Vogue, and Time. She committed suicide by drug overdose. I did not know that. Well, I didn't either, and now I'm bummed. I know, isn't that sad? <laughs> uh, and she's really pretty. Definitely my type. Mental uh, health is important, people. <laughs> this is why I need a co-host. <laughs> this, is, this is the stuff you won't get with Jeff Solo. Today, February 16th, circa 1941. I guess circa is the way of saying maybe. Near-ish? <laughs> North Korean supreme leader. Uh, Kim Jong-il, it's claimed his birth was foretold by a swallow. Okay. <laughs> Swallows. The appearance of a double <laughs> rainbow over Mount Pikachu. Uh, and a new star in the heavens. Damn. What? That's a... I just was born. <laughs> Someone's full of themselves. All right, Sonny Bono. Do you know his real name? God, I feel like it's something really silly, but... Uh... Pretty it's grand. like it's very grand. Yeah, it's like like not it's not like Bonaventure or something like that, is it? it it's of that level. Um, okay, Salvatore Bono. Oh, America's other way. Sheriff. See, I went with the last name. I forgot he was a mayor. What was where was he a mayor of? Was it somewhere in California? Or you know, what? maybe I I do remember him being a mayor. I don't remember where. I just remember the tragic skiing departure and everybody yeah. like made really messed up jokes about yeah. it i think i know. even heard a messed up joke about it when i was in, like first grade yeah it was pretty dark so, for those of you who don't know sunny pretty much skied into a tree uh yeah and you know you can't always see them coming i guess <laughs> I, I i grew up skiing and i i grew up skiing before helmets were the norm and i'm surprised i'm alive after some of the stuff my best friend and i did i've a good chunk of my bones and torn ligaments are due to skiing. So I'm lucky my dome. I'm pretty sure I have like TBI, traumatic brain injury from skiing. So I hit a tree snowboarding. Yeah. I wasn't wearing a helmet. Yeah. Now it's the norm. Now you're like an a-hole if you're not wearing a helmet. So Apparently so. Things change. Uh, trying to find... Oh, this is good for us filmmakers. Today, uh, born February 16th, 1884. American filmmaker, father of the film documentary film, the Nanook of North. He's the father of the film document, documentary, documentary uh, Robert Joseph Flaherty. Just a little bit nod to people who do documentaries. I need to get into documentaries. Oh, yeah. People pay out of the butt for them, too. Like, people pay to finance them all over the place. And meanwhile, Scott and I can't get money for an awesome, awesome movie. It's uh, true. And what that, a world. Yeah, that's it for, <laughs> that's it for uh, Today in History. All right. And I got to write down my notes. This is where we need a producer. I need a Jamie like Joe Rogan has. We talked about history. I don't want to go back we to talked that. about history. Uh, how about a little bit of uh, movie stuff? You want to go talk? Yeah, about hell yeah. Saw and uh, and uh, I guess your Hobbs and Shaw love. <laughs> okay, Wait, it's, it's... I gotta I gotta do the intro. I didn't buy yep. the sound app for nothing. So here is where Scott and I are going to talk a little bit about a movies and nerdery. No. 
All right. So today we are going to first, uh, I think this will be the easiest thing to talk about before we start arguing about Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, today, um, Scott and I on Netflix, Netflix has pretty much taken over the world because they're pretty much making their own movies. They have their own studio. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal just did a movie, the one we're going to review, called Velvet Budsaw. Ben Affleck now has a movie on there with Charlie Hunnam of um, uh, the motorcycle show, um, Sons of Anarchy fame. They're making all their own content, so it's it's no surprise. But first, just really poor uh, podcasting practice. Here is the trailer <laughs> to Velvet Buzzsaw. It's playing, I promise. Critique is so limiting and emotionally draining. I'm hoping you find something to explain what's happening. Which one's better, one or two? Better, worse, no different. No different. I'm quite curious to know what you think. I think sober hasn't been good for him. Pierce was in the full bloom of alcoholism here. Exactly. Never should have quit drinking. No originality. No courage. My opinion. I can't save you. I found something. Who did these? Uh, mesmeric. Uh, guy upstairs, he died. And you just took them? He had no family or friends. I can make you rich. It's brilliant. Demand has people ready to kill. Have you ever heard of an artist named Ventral Deals? No, not in our records, and we have everyone. The artist used blood to create the reddish black. You ever notice anything about this painting? Look at it long enough, it moves. As I research these, I'm starting to think there's a disgust for the world of money. You spent decades in a psychiatric hospital for the criminally insane. There is some sort of power. Some spirit. It's connected to his art. Truly goddamn strange is going on! This is a slaughterhouse. Are you aware that Dee's asked that all his art be destroyed? One second. Help! Get rid of it. Box it off. I can't save you. People thought she was part of an exhibit. We're trending on Instagram. It's a major hit. All right. So, since that was a medium of uh, audio and video, basically that was <laughs> Velvet Budsaw, starring Jake Gyllenhaal, Rene Russo, um, John Malkovich. Wait, was that John Malkovich? Yeah, John Malkovich. Yep. Apparently, Tony Collette. to say about this. Uh, Basically, let me sum up, I guess, what it is about. Basically, it is a, I, I personally, I'm not even reading this. I would say it's kind of a take on the absurdity of modern art and its interpretation and then like the uh, absurd, skewed reality and, and weight that people put on art. Not that I'm saying art, I, I paint, I love art, but like the weight people put on art and, and like, 
obviously this is a skewed like um version of like it actually making you insane etc etc and like uh what is um yeah it's it's i take it it's almost like a um a an american psycho meets nightcrawler like i don't know um but yeah i i i dug it uh scott i'll I'll probably go off your stuff so gentlemen first thoughts (laughs) okay so it's it's i'm not saying i didn't enjoy the movie because i definitely did because it was very much absurd uh and yes you i think you're very much right it is totally a critique on that whole whole scene the whole art scene is being thrown under the bus in this movie we're not yeah they they make it sound like they're curing cancer with art yeah yeah and and then like the thing is for me though was was i enjoyed the movie i really did i thought it was ridiculous completely (laughs) ridiculous especially like the whole mechanic of how this i don't know what art ghost yeah i guess what what were the rules yeah we'll we'll, uh i guess because people might not have seen it so we guess i guess we gotta avoid spoilers but it's in the trailer the 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 artist that they find this art basically it's a horror movie it's it's like a horror movie yet not because it has a commentary on society so it's it's weird because like it's that's like why people like it satirical America- horror comedy satirical yeah it's exactly it's it's this weird satire of life and it's it's very aware of itself like no question uh, but it's it's basically the artist they find this art and it comes alive and kills people that's the short of it that's not a spoiler that's in the trailer um, but, I, th- I think that's the satire, though, because they're like saying art apparently to these people is so powerful it has the power to murder. <laughs> yeah, and I, I guess that is the idea. But the problem I had with it was, all right, fine. If those are the rules, those are the rules. Yeah. However, like scream. the no art, the, rules. the art itself, the art. So like this guy's art of. I don't know, you know, a kid being yelled at by yeah. their father or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's 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 part of his evil genus bloodline of art and whatever. Yeah. But it doesn't do the actual killing kind of thing. Like every single time somebody got offed in that movie by this vengeful art ghost, it's never by the actual artwork of the guy. It's always by a, another art piece that happens to be in the room. Now, wait. Holy sh... <gasps> You're right. No. None of the actual paintings do anything. Right. It's just the art pieces happen, that yeah, happen to like also the, be the there. The monkeys, the sphere, the... Uh, well, the one guy hangs himself? Yeah, now, okay. However, it's consistent, though. So that can be argued that at least it's consistent. That, yes, if it went back and forth, I'd consistent. be livid. I would be pissed. Like if it went back and forth, like his art versus the monkey versus yeah, the sphere. Exactly. So it's consistent. It's just like I, I had a hard time with that. I kept every time it happened, I was just I like, didn't notice "What that. the? It's not even the say. It's not even the art that's doing what the that's hell why Scott's are the, rules? the filmmaker, and I'm just the actor that's like, "Duh, that's pretty. I like that movie." <laughs> No, yeah. like I, I just tried to enjoy it just for that, but I was just like, yeah, I was like, what are the rules? I didn't know. What that. are the rules? Yeah, yeah. Someone explain valid. the rules to me. I'll give. Well, and here's the thing: from an artistic standpoint, whoever they hired to actually paint the paintings, just like as far as like the practical like props for the movie, I dug that art. It was some of yeah, it was no, very dark. It was don't good get me stuff. wrong. It was good stuff. Yeah. Um. So wait, like, I guess, uh, did you like it overall though? Like, 
percent overall overall i liked it because of it. i liked it because of its absurdity okay. like i love horror movies generally like sure. even the really bad ones yeah i'll watch a crap horror movie just because it's a crap horror movie they at least they try they yeah. always seem to at least try and yeah. that's like half the fun is like watching what they came up with to <laughs> pull off whatever like effect you know yeah and there were some fun kills in the movie well are you a fan of the whole the gyllenhaal train Oh yeah, like I think I, I think he's a good actor, and I I'm excited to see like all the different things he's yeah. gonna do generally. Yeah, he's gonna but... be Spider-Man, which I worry that'll ruin him. Now he's in mainstream because he really hasn't even done like crazy mainstream mainstream. All of his stuff has been this great indie feel, which that could end him. I mean, that's where like I don't know. As an actor, that's like the that could be like the performance kiss of death. Now we'll never know him otherwise. <laughs> I think he's one of yeah. the last actors that you go, well, that was Jake Gyllenhaal, but we believed it. Whereas, like, I'm not saying Tom Cruise is this or that, but Tom Cruise is going to be Tom Cruise in a movie that stars Tom Cruise, featuring Tom Cruise, portraying Tom Cruise, kind of portraying another fictional character. Because Tom right. Cruise is just so big, he outlives the fictional character he's portraying. Gyllenhaal, Bale even, believe it or not, I, in my opinion, are still transcend their s celebrity status and come across like the characters. Sure, sure. But yeah. He's, he's now in Spider-Man, so who knows. I think I think it's going to be fine just because if if ever there were a franchise that would be smart to do it in, it's the Spider the oh, current Spider-Man yeah. franchise. Yeah, and also, like it's a, the character he's even doing is a good pick too because it's not a very yeah, mainstream it's villain yeah, it's character. Like, like it is and it isn't. Yeah. So I don't know, like for I, I like Velvet Bedsaw. I love Rene Russo. It was the same director that did Nightcrawler. For those of you who haven't seen Nightcrawler, it's got J Jake Gyllenhaal, Rene Russo. Um, Gyllenhaal, performance-wise, as an actor and as a fan, the dude gets intense. Um, like I th correct me if I'm wrong, Scott. One of the little um, uh, things he did for Nightcrawler, like whether they edited it that way or or uh, or he, you know, asked for a cut he didn't blink like in every take because he was so sleep deprived. That was his cool little quirk. Um, so he, he puts the work in, I'll give him that. No, wait, no shit. That was poop. Um, uh, no, that was the movie with him and, uh, Hugh Jackman prisoners. No, that movie, he actually blinked a lot. It was the other way around. Do you know this yeah. in prisoners? He like, he's so sleep deprived. He's constantly blinking like annoyingly. Mm -hmm. The flip side in Nightcrawler, he's like bug-eyed the entire movie. Um, yeah. But it was the same director. Uh, they brought back Rene Russo. They brought back Jake Gyllenhaal. And it was like another like follow-up to their creative trinity. Um, I like. Yeah, that. it was good. Like I, yeah. I loved the cast in the movie. I thought sure. the cast was great. And I thought they all like played their characters yeah. very well. But I think that was also part of it, too, because of what the material and the world that they're like satirizing and commenting <laughs> on all the characters are like really unlikable oh yeah you know you just kind of hated yeah. all of them you're like yeah. i kind of don't care that you're gonna die yeah this isn't a spoiler but i did dig uh with joan hall that him being bisexual wasn't even addressed it was just yeah. matter of fact like it was just like oh okay like it was just like and it was and that that's kind of a throwback to your movie fix that Scott hired me for it it was of a society where it was just like that's that it's not even a plot point it's just that's what they do 
you know, and I, it wasn't until a few minutes after uh, they showed him breaking up with his guy, going with his girl, going, and I was like, oh, sh this dude's bi, and they didn't, they, they're just going to blow over that like it's no big deal. I'm from Idaho. I need I need some right. sort of plot line here. <laughs> but it is no big deal. See, yeah. that's the way. That's that, yeah. it's it's great when yeah, things yeah. get handled properly. Exactly. Yeah. Overall, I give it because I'm simple. I give it three out of five stars. I guess if we're gonna do the oh yeah no, system. I mean I definitely give it a solid three. I, yeah. I, maybe even a three point five. I'll give you. Yeah, I'll I'll succumb to that. Um, well, we're at the thirty. Do we get into fast? Screw it. All right. <laughs> so moving into uh, some critical acclaim or lack of acclaim, what are you? Let's hear this Hobbs and Shaw uh, uh, <laughs> soapbox. Okay. Of, Have you seen the trailer? No, but you know what? Here's the trailer for Hobbs and Shaw. Oh my God, it's, it's three minutes long. Yeah, I know. It's, okay, it's, I'll skip it's a little a bit. It's a commitment. The mission has been compromised. I we need help. Superhero, beautiful blonde. Our target's name is Brixton. He's a ghost. We're gonna need the best trackers in the business. Luke Hobbs. I'm what you call an ice-cold can of whoop-ass. Career lawman always gets his guy. We're gonna need to operate outside the system. Deckard Shaw. I'm what you might call a champagne problem. Rogue former MI6 agent. Doesn't play well with others. If we stand a chance against Brixton, you guys have to work together. No way. This guy's a real ass. And Shaw, Jason Statham, and Dwayne the Rock Johnson, and the beautiful blonde. I forgot her name, but she was in Fallout. What's her name? Do you know her name? I forget. Oh, so let's hear your rant. What's what's uh Okay. Besides the obvious, it's a fast besides and furious, the obvious. It's a fast and furious movie. Yeah, it's like it isn't it isn't a fast and furious movie, first of all. And 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 then second of all, the fast and furious movies have already become like basically absurd. Oh yeah, yeah. They, they might as well have be you, have you watched superhero movies. Have you watched the first one, one ridiculous. since all this has gone down? Have I what? Have you seen the first one recently? I watched the first one oh, probably about yeah. a month ago. The first yeah, one feels it's... like it belongs in a different world. Yeah. The like, first one is Believable. There's people driving cars fast. 
It's it is it start that's all it started out was it was car thieves that's all it was and then all of a sudden they're like superhumans and like yeah. people are punching fucking missiles and shit like what is happening <laughs> I'm sorry for the it's fine um, if I was fast enough I have a I have a sound effect for that so <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting good right. I'm just slow so yeah Hobbs and Shaw for those who don't know it is the spinoff uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson's character Hobbs. Wait, yeah, Hobbs, and yeah. then uh, Jason Satham's character Shaw. Um, yeah. They were in the tail end of the last two, maybe three uh, sequels, and now it's a spinoff. Um, I have a weird, weird, unique insight in that uh, two things. As an actor, I had an audition for it, and as a friend of crazy intense Fast and Furious stunt crew for the last five Fast and Furious uh, epi- or season or uh, seasons films i know everybody that did it they didn't get the hobs and shocks there's a little disagreement thing so they actually mm. didn't get the contract so to speak um but um yeah i, I just want to be at the boardroom where they're like on the one of the last fast and furious where they're like all right we're gonna have these two buildings and we're gonna jump cars between them and yeah. like, all right sold <laughs> you know i don't know I'm a dumb idiot for action movies. I'm. It's a buddy cop movie with absurd, absurd. It's getting so absurd. It's like a B movie right off the bat. Yes, yes, it's automatically exactly. a B movie. And that's why I was like, I have to talk to you about it because yeah. if you haven't seen the trailer, you need to. I'd only seen cause... a teaser. I that was the first time I saw the three minute soul suck trailer. <laughs> It's like, okay, first of all, I love Idris Elba, so I'm going to watch it oh, for Idris Elba. I can't believe he got in it. I love him. It's, but, cool, it's cool to but, see his bad guy. Wait, hold on. <laughs> He's like a cyborg superhero? Like, what even is he in this They've movie? They genetically engineered his spine. Who? What is going on? And then you got Hobbs and Shaw who are like already have turned into these superhuman characters in the fast and furious oh, movies. Yeah. and now now Hobbs just is like yeah cool i'm just gonna jump off the side of a building yeah. kind of thing and fall to yeah. chase somebody else so i can fight it's him got a little air. fictional it's got a little cypher what the hell is happening i'll see it for um the woman's name is vanessa kirby um when i saw her in oh that's right. fallout i my jaw dropped she is classic hollywood beautiful um i'm a big dumb animal when it comes to these movies i'll i'll see it i love buddy cop i love the buddy cop that make fun of themselves and make fun you know like one of my favorite um moments in one of the fast and furious where they talked about they made i think it was an improv line that ludicrous threw out towards the rock and he's like how many like bottles of baby oil do you go through a day and i think that was an improv line and uh, it stayed in the movie. And I was like, those are funny because that's why I'll watch it as long as I go in there with dropping my film IQ down to like a zero. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's like, that's why I'm going to watch it. I'm definitely going to watch it because I have to see this. I have to see what, what the movie is supposed to be and how it all makes sense. You know, it'll crush. It's 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 going to kill box office. Records. Of course it will. Of course it will. Is that a good thing or is that sad? Is that sad? It's so sad. I don't, as an actor, here's a little like ruin Hollywood for y'all. The problem is, is now The Rock, all due respect, sir, if you ever hear me say this, the minute The Rock's in a movie on the uh, ticket sales side, guaranteed success off the charts. 
But now in my eyes as a fan, I'm like, oh, another rock movie. You know? So yeah. it's like, I think, take some time off, brother. <laughs> Work on ballers. Quit being in movies for a while. You're like, uh, like how about that skyscraper movie? You I haven't see seen it yet because I've heard the pain. Woo! Like Die Hard Woo! revisited, basically. Oh, but it's Die Hard with the Rock. It's a, it's a movie. Well, it's... and here's the other thing: is I watched the what was it's it Rampage movie. with the monkey? Oh God! And it wasn't until you ruined um, the latest seasons of uh, Arrested Development where I fully realized I think. 80% of Rampage was shot with a, a stand-in, an extra face replacement, and split <laughs> screen. Because there's no way he filmed Rampage while he was filming Hobbs and Shaw, while he was also filming Jungle, whatever the one, Jungle Cruise, while he was also filming Ballers. If you rewatch that movie, it's depressing because the amount of over-the-shoulder shots or shots where he's solo in the shot is is all... It ruins the amount of times The Rock is... Hey, Briarly. <laughs> the rock is actually in the movie is is depressing he's not even in the movie that much that was a special appearance no with zero audio by briarly my old roommate too hey <laughs> that was funny hey <laughs> so why what of all things why did hobbs shaw hobbs and shaw come on your radar today is it just you saw the trailer today or Oh, okay. It doesn't well, seem like something Scott Seagram would give air or breath to. Well, you said something earlier that maybe I think you either you mentioned The Rock or oh, okay. Fast and the Furious, and it made oh, me yeah, think I brought about up the Fast and the Furious. Yeah, my bad. So that's that's what made me think of it. But I was like, well, I now I have to talk about it because I also listened to. Um, if you haven't heard the podcast, yes, I'm plugging another podcast. Oh, do yeah, yeah. We're all uh, in this together. If you haven't heard the podcast, how did this get made? You you should absolutely listen to it because it's it's hilarious. It's uh, Paul Shear and uh, oh, okay. Jason Matsukis. <laughs> How did this get made? I love it. And uh, like they they it's been around for like a while, but they always talk about like ridiculous movies and like they watch them and they discuss like how how the hell did this get made? Like and then they talk about specific parts of the movie that for them were just insane. Which is so I love their whole format, but. They were talking about the Hobbs and Shaw trailer in their last <laughs> podcast. And some of the stuff that they said was just like, yes, you're right. I've seen this trailer. It's, this is exactly perfect how you guys are describing this. Oh, and it's God. just, it's so ridiculous. It's like, when you, if you see this trailer, if you haven't seen the Hobbs and Shaw trailer, you should absolutely watch it because it is a, it is a ride. It is a thrill ride. But it's just such a ridiculous thrill ride that you're like, okay. <laughs> Now, out of morbid curiosity, I have to watch this yeah, movie. Yeah, it's a train. You, it's a car wreck on the interstate. You're like, I'm gonna look, even though they tell me not to. Yeah, and because in this case, it's an action movie, so you have to, you have to think to yourself, if this is what they're putting in the trailer. Oh my god! What yeah. else is in the movie? God, I can't fat. Yeah, because it's it's absurd uh, at at least a nine point nine out of ten. <laughs> right. Exactly. So it's like okay. Well, this movie is just going to be a completely ridiculous event, so why not watch it? But All right. Well, uh, we'll uh, for the sake of uh, time, we'll call it good on Nerd Talk. Go watch Velvet Budsaw on um, Netflix. 
on all the platforms. Shoot me messages, your thoughts. Uh, go watch the Hobbs and Shaw trailer and um, ask for three minutes of your lives back. So that was Nerd Talk with, well, Jeff and Scott. Yeah. All right. And moving on, let's do a little bit. Uh, this was an interesting, this will be new and fresh for Scott. Unless you have a segment you want to talk about, anything come to mind that you prefer? I was going to do well, relationship chat. Oh, well, let's let's do the relationship chat, and All then right. uh, we can see where we're at time-wise. For sure. All right. So, God help anybody listening to this for relationship advice, but Scott and I are going to do a little bit of relationship talk. Do you believe in love All right, that is the dichotomy of relationships. (laughs) Anger and enthusiasm? Enthusiasm, passion. Yeah, so my uh, uh, seed of wanting to talk about relationship stuff is multiple, uh, multi-tiered. But first off, to give you a little bit of background, Scott, um, because I've made a lot of mistakes in my life, particularly (laughs) two and a half years prior, um, is my, uh, he's like my relationship sponsor. Like we, we don't have a coin, but I, I text him when I'm feeling weak and he goes, you know, go to church and go to a, go get in the program or go, go to a meeting. <laughs> so he's my relationship sponsor. Um, but, um, something occurred to me today without getting too deep into it. Cause one of my little, uh, policies, if you will, for the show is to not talk too personal about everything I'm doing, but Something I'm going through truly reminded me of how simple it was when you liked somebody and all you had to worry about was a phone call. Now mm-hmm. there's social media, there's texts. They're like, oh, did they see your Instagram story? Did they like your Instagram story? Are they involved in social media? Are they not involved in social media? Do they hate me or do they think I'm stalking me? Is 24 hours too much for a text reply? I was the last one to reply and 24 hours has gone by. Who's Whose turn? I hate that <laughs> i remember like being a little seventh grader staring at the phone going okay you got this you got this you got this, you got this you dial the seven digit number and her dad answers and you hang up real fast yeah but when car id came around you had to commit because the minute they answered they knew it was you so yeah uh without too much depth uh because it is highly entertaining and i figure my life should be part of the public uh, eye um there's this individual i'm texting with i met at a party and uh so <laughs> i'm opening up my cell phone right now i'm not gonna get too crazy but it has been uh, when did i send that text god jeff you write some long 4:47 p.m yesterday now so it's been over 24 hours and apparently there's interest both ways and thus this is the world we're in i'm 40 freaking years old wonder go, uh, am i supposed to text back is it bad sign is this person busy yeah you know <laughs> uh the the dating world is a vicious hellscape from which there seems to be no escape what is that from you know i'm not sure at this point right, so i just know that in this in this instance sometimes it's accurate I don't know. Yeah, it's the dating world sucks. And it's funny because the older you get. So here's the background of this, the text, we'll call it. The older you get, the less time, a little bit of adult language, not adult, but the little, the less time you have to dick around. 
Like when I was 18, you're like, oh, I'll court for seven months and it didn't work out, no loss. The longer you go, the less time you have to waste. And so it's like, yeah, a lot of people like sleep together the first night and then waste and they're like, oh, uh, okay, we're together, we're not. Was it a one night stand? Are we together? But like, it's almost easier to just like, what's the deal? Is this going to work? No, moving on. So now it's just, I laid out this text. Here's my interests, but then that could also be considered like overwhelming and scary, you know. But it's kind of like I just get. I'm 40. I don't got time for this crap. And if the yeah, trying to play games. Yeah, exactly. And if you're the wrong recipient of that kind of directness, it can also be like, oh, this 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 guy's a serial killer. This is way too much. I you know I guess sometimes that could be construed as too much, but uh, as I see it, I welcome the. I'd rather somebody go, you're creeping me out. I never want to talk to you again. I'm like, sweet, no involvement. No, you don't have any investment. So what's the, what's the hurt? People are just bad at communicating because at the end of the day, if you just literally, Hey, this is where I'm at and be honest about it. You know, yeah, that's, it's not that hard. It's really not that hard to do, but people seem to have a really hard time doing it all the time. Yeah. Well, and one of the things I love is, uh, this individual and other individuals, it's, it's nice when, other, ironically, I, I, I don't totally love social media for personal reasons. Like I like it for work and business and all that, blah, blah, blah. Sure. And interacting with people that pretty much literally pay my bills and our bills as filmmakers. But like personally, it's, it's a downward spiral because if they're not involved in social media or if they are, you automatically go down the stupid downward spiral of like, well, I know they've been online, so why haven't they responded to me? That means they were holding their phone right then. If they had time to post a story, why didn't they have time to text me back? And that's so stupid because there shouldn't be any weight to that thought process. Yet, we still do it. Yeah, it well, <laughs> well, the, the, the part of the problem is everybody, because of that exact thing with like phones and the internet and everything, it's, it's instant gratification. So everybody's oh, used God, to getting yeah. that immediate response or that immediate dopamine hit if you will of like satisfaction and acknowledgement and when you don't get it right away you're like well i don't understand why i can't get this right now because we have the technology to make this instantaneous yeah 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 well sometimes people have other priorities and are busy for sure yeah we definitely get addicted to that that's a good way to put it Um, like hey who hasn't been there where you're scrolling on like you might be scrolling on instagram for example, and then a text message comes in. Do you immediately switch over to your text app to see yeah, what that text message like, was? you're automatically like, wait, does that make me look desperate? Probably does... not. Yeah. You probably keep scrolling because you're like, you know what? I'll read that later. This is what I'm doing right now, and this is where my attention is. Well, but then I get to the point where I'm like, well, wait, crap. If I respond instantly, that also makes me look pathetic, right? Does it make me look pathetic or does it make me look attentive? My brain well, see, is not a place anyone should be in. Well, that's, the, you know what, you're not alone there. Like, like, that's general anxiety when it comes to any kind of relationship <laughs> exactly. with a person. Everybody has that. Everybody does that. Oh, God. Oh, no. Have, have I texted them too much? Am yeah. I texting them not enough? Yeah. Oh, wait. I accidentally haven't responded in yeah. three days. Is Are the they ball mad? In their court is the ball in my court. And at 24 hours, that is expiring. We can start over. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's ridiculous. But everybody has those kind of, like, insecurities and anxieties. You worry about that kind of stuff. It's going to happen. But... You just can't let it like rule you or take over, which is tough to do. <sighs> well, just in the sake of time, this is awesome having you as a co-host because this is going to make this way awesome. Um, 
we're gonna hammer that's we're just gonna pretty much leave you all hanging with zero help or advice on the relationship and move on to a couple last segments so we can hammer them all out in the show because we gotta do relation or we gotta do cowboy term versus sex term we gotta do a little bit of q a so uh sadly sorry that's all we had for um relationship talk i know the sound effect has now passed already it but has. can you not hear it, the sound effects oh i can hear the sound oh, okay i was just gonna say oh yeah on on the relationship asked. talk thing yeah. just the one thing you take away from that just communicate honestly that's all you gotta do i i can't wait to talk to you offline because this is a jeff disaster which pretty much 99 percent of the time means it's not a real disaster <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm highly aware of that <laughs> all right so that was relationship talk <laughs> All right, moving on. Um, these were addressed to me, but I actually want, as co- as my co-host, um, I'm going to involve him. But it's a little bit of uh, Q&A. I post these before I start recording so we can get a little bit sure. of fan involvement. So Q&A. Don't ask questions you aren't prepared to handle the answer to. No idea what that's from. I just Googled it, and it was creepy. Um, <laughs> I'll hammer the couple of these out. Um Admittedly, and Scott probably has seen this too, I, I was a bodyguard for a band for like a nanosecond, and um, I'm now, I've kind of got like a residual support. So some of these questions are very focused on the band out of Korea called BTS. Uh, so I'll hammer a lot of them out. Am I, that one actually is poor English. I know a lot of your English isn't your first language, but I don't know what a lot of these questions mean. So how old am I? Uh, I'm not in my 30s. Scott, do you want to answer that question for yourself? Uh, I am in my 30s. There you go. Um, uh, the individual that actually funded this show, this mic, this app, this soundboard, asked why the, uh, the post or the uh, painting Starry Night behind me in a lot of my videos from uh, Vince Van Gogh. Um, I don't know. That one and Cafe Terrace are, for some reason, when I was like in junior high, my mom is a heavy, uh, very heavy um, art- artist and very into painting. And those two just, I guess, for lack of cliches, spoke to me. Those are my two favorite and ironically given to me by my mom. Um, the great yeah, pieces. Yeah, they're beautiful. Uh, they're replicas. So they're actually, they have like, you know, brush strokes and all that. They're not just prints. Um, so I'm very yeah. happy with those. Uh, where are you from? I'm... Born in Colorado, but I would say I've spent most of my life in Idaho. Scott? Uh, I was actually born in Redondo, California, and have lived most of my life in California, actually, minus just under a year in North Carolina. Okay, now either I forgot that or I'm at an a-hole friend for forgetting. Where in North Carolina? Oh, God. This, uh, this terrible town and i'm sorry for anybody who lives here uh lewisburg north carolina for the majority and then raleigh for about a month and a half kidding i i must have i'm also i'm gonna brain a head injury i don't remember you telling me that (laughs) uh it may not have come up exactly because i was stationed for those scott knows i'm because he's a better friend than i am but yeah, that's why I was like, holy crap, I have a house <laughs> from an ex-divorce. Uh, in yeah, North I Carolina. mean, there's a lot North- of life. <laughs> <laughs> for anybody in North Carolina um, looking for a house in foreclosure, uh, Rayford, North Carolina, it's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> it, is, stack- it is that. It yeah, is that. Stack them deep and sell them cheap. <laughs> um, oh, this is good. Uh, some of these questions are awesome, actually, uh, for both of us. 
Uh, how do you work with people you can't stand? <laughs> oh, man. Um, I'll answer quick because uh, Scott, I'm sure, has a little bit more passion with it. Um, I, I think my easiest answer is my barometer from uh, the whole Special Forces world and the firefighter world is that created a barometer of misery. Not that I'm saying they're bad experiences, but like that gave me like a, a barometer of suck that kind of changed how I handle things because I'm like, whoa, crap. I'm ha dealing with this person I don't want to work with, but you know what? Bonus, I'm not getting shot at. So it kind of, for me, my relativity has expanded. So working with people I don't like is much easier to deal with. But on the flip side, because I'm like, well, crap, I've, I'm not getting shot at, yet Princess next to me on set is complaining about his feet. I definitely get very pent-up hostility. So it's, it's uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. How do I work? I just do. Um, I'm not in a point in my career where I can kind of just say, like, if I'm in charge of something, like when I was in the military, I, I could count on rank. I'm like, I outrank you. Go do push-ups and get out of my life. Um, uh, <laughs> but in this world, uh, at least my world in Hollywood, I kind of just have to do it. Um, and I go to the gym. I might call Scott. I might have a glass of whiskey. Um but it's just this is all true yeah scott how do you deal with people you can't stand uh you know sometimes it's tough <laughs> <laughs> scott works uh, um to his credit works much more interactive with uh quote-unquote traditional nine to five education system employment outside of the yeah. filmmaking stuff so he he gets a little of this <clears throat> that <laughs> i i deal with uh, a lot of things and a lot of personalities, I guess you could say. <laughs> That's very um, polite. That was very polite. When it comes to kids, uh, I, you know, the the truth of the matter is, there's not always going to be kids that you like. Some kids <laughs> you're just not going to like, and it's going to happen. But you you have to try to at least be nice and pleasant, yeah. and sociable, and. Uh, what I always try to remember is like I'm I'm usually a very patient person, generally speaking. Scott is sometimes my, my most patience gets pushed to the limit. Buddhist Yoda ninja friend I've ever met, despite what he just said. <laughs> if Scott loses it, you I, know it's the end of the world. I I I feel like I, I try very hard to I don't know, just kinda think about how how the pe the the person in jet like I'm interacting with how they're experiencing the situation so yeah. I can try to understand and not be upset Sympath at least sympathy at most empathy you, you right try, right yeah. and because of that I feel like that helps a lot but I I just try to remember like okay you know what you might be really pissed off right now you might be like ready to like not strangle but definitely <laughs> def <laughs> definitely like you know smack somebody upside the head at the very least oh yeah we have to remember that for the person you're interacting with they are just giving you their honest response to something that they're not happy about for sure and it's not necessarily your fault so you have to do your best to i don't know keep that in mind yeah so that's how i i deal with people i don't like which is tough sometimes <laughs> yeah I, uh, I work with, like, I volunteer with children a lot. And yeah, and it's funny because I definitely have a bias towards, don't anybody make this appropriate because I'll find you and kick your ass. But I definitely have a bias towards girls. Like, I like working with girls better, like little kids that are female. Like, if I had to have a kid, or if I had a kid, I'd want it to be a daughter. I'm straight up biased. 
Um, but yeah, with the, the programs I volunteer at, like I'll get a kid and I'll be like, ah. <laughs> so you try to, yeah. like, you, you try to count to 10 and go, all right, here's what, here's maybe their life or their back. There's so much stuff in this day and age that we, I, 15, 20, 30 years ago, didn't experience that these kids mm -hmm. are beat to death with. So, uh, that could, that could be a whole other show in and of itself. Moving on. Um, hardest part to keep, this is actually good because Scott and I have two very definitive extremes on this as far as reality. Hardest part of keeping nutrition in check, especially when always on the go. Um, I come from an obsessive compulsive quote unquote bodybuilding world. Scott comes from a healthy get fit and lose weight world. Um, for me, I think the hardest part is just uh, not succumbing to temptation and justifying justifying um, poor decisions. But in on the flip side of that is the older I get and the more poor mistakes I've made and the more I've beat up my body is also just being realistic. Am I trying to be a bodybuilder or am I just trying to be healthy? Which is where Scott uh, Sedway is better at as far as, I mean, if I may be so blunt as to when we first met, Scott was a fraction of or a double fraction of who he is now and uh scott didn't get to have to get into bodybuilding he didn't have to go on this crazy way your food six meals a day diet like i do yet he still lived functionally got healthier lost weight and was a normal human being so for me the hardest part is just um i'm a big guy and i like crappy food despite my discipline i'm kind of like a recovering alcoholic i know my weakness so it's always uh, the best thing for me as I plan my diet. I plan what I eat, and I eat what I plan. Uh, but Scott, Scott is probably more uh, the the, and I say this respectfully, the everyman in this equation to answer that question. Oh yeah, I mean, um, in in my experience, it's it's like it's it is hard. It is hard no matter what because it's not something that you can just do for a little while you have to kind of keep on yourself for dieting purposes and really stick to whatever your plan is because if you veer or you're like oh you know what i i'm doing pretty good it's okay if i slack for a bit yeah then you keep slacking and you get back into a spot where you're like not happy with how how you feel yeah. or how you look and when then you're it that just cliche. spirals it's yeah, like a continuous cycle yo -yo. it's that cliche yo-yo thing which is why yeah all trainers and nutrition and fitness and diet fads exist is because they're counting on consumers to live in that yo-yo diet state and uh it's basically consistency one thing to examine this is by no means a pitch but it'll end up being that is the trainer i'm working with a trainer out of the united kingdom for the whole jack reacher thing um, we came up with a program. He's coming up with a program. I'm just following it called Jacked Reacher. Brilliant. Hmm. I, I can't believe I didn't think of that. It's, it's like so there, but I didn't. Um, but he gave me, without giving away all his, 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 I don't know, like intellectual property, he gave me a spreadsheet where every day I punch in the calories I consumed because I do track them. Like even the, I'm having a glass of whiskey, but I track how many calories that was for the, the right. day. But like... He, he tracks that on an average. It's not like your body knows at seven days what the average was, but it's truly interesting if you see what you enter daily and if uh, you F up and hyper eat, that seven-day average is completely effed up to the point where the only way you can countercompensate is to like eat nothing the next day. So like truly keeping a perspective of those moments of justification, like he has a great little uh, image, like a graphic of you do great six days a week. So like, let's say your average just for the sake of numbers is seven days a week, your average should be 3000 calories a day. 
but one day you eat 10,000 calories in pizza and beer and all that, your mm -hmm. seven day average is no longer 3,000. Your seven day average, I'm really crappy at math, is easily like five, six, or 7,000. So it's truly about that consistency and, and, and relativity, relativity and perspective. But at the end of the day, the one thing, and I, even a, fit, a group I started years and years and years ago, is it's about this is a lifestyle, not a fad. And so that's yep. where Scott, to his credit, is much more real and, and sustainable. Where I was, I've made all the mistakes when it comes to obsessive body dysmorphia and, and extremes and, and misery. So that's the short, long answer of that question. Um, I, would, I would say one other thing yeah, about please. that is just like, um, it's, it is easy to kind of like get lost in the dysmorphia aspect of things because, you know, you, you get caught up in it. It's just yeah. like, it's to death normal it human. Yeah. And like the way we're marketed to, especially, mm -hmm. but, uh, what I have found is not just consistency in how you approach your diet, but like also make sure your diet isn't so, um, like depriving yeah. that you can't actually sustain it, you yeah. know? Yeah. Leave room for yeah. like a cookie. Yeah. Leave room for yeah. like something now and again because otherwise you will buckle. Yeah. And when you buckle, you'll buckle hard. Exactly. And that's the thing is if you're trying to be a, like a bodybuilder, yeah, you're going to have like a 12 week sh contest prep where you just accept misery. But yep. That's 12 weeks and you're a bodybuilder. If you're not a bodybuilder and you're what I'm, well, I probably don't count still at this point because of the whole Jack Reacher thing. But if you're like Scott and 98% of what I would like the population to be, yeah, don't set your, your, this should be your norm, not this random anomaly of an existence. Um, if you do that, yeah, like that cookie and then off, you're off the, off the, off the grid forever. Yeah. Um, hammering these out. Um, uh, I don't know what that means. Sorry, that's an English issue. Uh, can you follow me? That's technically a question. I'll try. Um, <laughs> what do I watch on Netflix? Uh, Velvet Budsaw. Um, I'm I'm really not addicted to any series right now. Are you watching any series on Netflix? Uh, Amazon. I I started uh, Russian Doll on Netflix, and Which, it's, what's that it's one? really cool. Who's that? Who's in it? Uh, so it's it's created and written by. Amy Poehler and uh, Natasha Leone. Natasha Leone has been in a bunch of things. Like How's she's popped up in the American Pie movie. She's been in uh, Orange Is the New Black. What the hell? What's it called again? Russian Doll. Huh. Um, but I started watching it, and I haven't like finished the series yet. But it's really cool and really interesting. It's got like it's got like a Groundhog Day setup where uh, she keeps reliving the same day over and over again but only like it's episodic yeah okay and only after she like dies so she gets killed by something and or someone or something that happens to her and then she like goes back to the same night that she started huh well since scott had an answer and i didn't um i'll find the teaser so i don't have to listen to three minutes of hobbs and shaw uh, but <laughs> Russian Doll season one, life, death, and every affirmation in between. Charles or Charlie Barnett joins Natasha Lyon, Leon in Russian Doll from is that her? Yeah, from Natasha yeah. Leon, Amy Poehler, and Leslie Heslin. Um, and here's uh, screw it. Here's a little uh, media interactivity for Russian Doll. Ten. Again, very bad for a podcast. Play affirmations for success. I am beautiful. I am beautiful. I am loved and deserve love. I am loved and deserve love. I am in control. I 
No matter how much we think that we're fooling people, our bodies, they can't keep lying the way that our minds can. I am beautiful. I am loved. Mine stopped lying a long time ago. Now I'm stuck in a world that is broken. And a mind that I'm watching this tonight. It's a good show. It is literally falling apart. Didn't you get the news? We're about to die. It doesn't matter. Oh, I, I like that actor. Me too. That's her. Yeah, from American Pie. Yeah, that Yeah. Huh. I missed that one. Yeah, so that's what Scott watches to answer See, that Q and A. That's the interesting thing too is that's like the alternate teaser because the other teaser features her because it's mostly her story. Really? Yeah. 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 I just yeah. grabbed that real quick. I, I um again, we need a producer. Um, we'll hammer these out just for the sake of time. I'm really happy though we can kick out an hour plus of content because at the end of the day, Scott, uh, this will be my little. I'll put this at the end of the podcast when I kiss everybody's butt. But Scott and I. You guys loosely pay us for this, so I'm really glad we give you a lot of content. Um, what's the best meal you can cook? I'm bad at it. I can't. I can cook. I hate cooking, so I. Um, n my answer is none. <laughs> Scott, what's your best meal you can cook? You're a little uh, culinary artist, I think. Uh, like if Scott well. needs to line up a nice little date where he cooks his own food and sets up a dinner. You know, I do. I do make uh, some pretty mean chicken fajitas, uh, some pretty <laughs> rocking arroz con pollo. Uh, I could, uh, I could cook up a mean steak, some burgers, some. Uh, I could do some vegetarian, some black bean burgers. Uh, I can cook some shit. Okay, well there you go. <laughs> uh, moving on, uh, your favorite song from BTS, Scott. If you have an answer to that, I'll be amazed. Um, uh, mine is called um, Mike Drop, and it's a remix and um admittedly i only know it because i worked for him um but i'll i'll play it scott do you even know who bts is other than i worked with him i do know who bts is because uh some students of mine listen to bts oh lord and so i i have heard their music i i know who they are i am not a fan personally but that's not because Legit, yeah. they're not good just yeah it's not my thing. Well, um, stand by. We'll, I'll do a little <laughs> dabble of my uh, BTS. It's called Mic Drop. Admittedly, I, like Scott said, I respect anybody that does music or movies or whatever. Um, but I like heavier stuff. But this remix, if I found the right one, is definitely one of their like heavier ones. Uh, so stand by. But it's by BTS. It's called Mic Drop. It's got the remix by Steve Aoki. Uh, the uh, very oh. famous, very famous uh, DJ. Basically, he remixes just everybody else's music. Got a little Ninja Turtles feel. <laughs> yeah, so this is BTS Mic Drop. <laughs> I won't get too deep into that, but yeah, that's oh, my answer to that. That was some, that was some popping fresh. It definitely is. Uh, for those of you who are wondering, like, well, don't you like BTS? I love them as an employer. I'm definitely like I'm Marilyn Manson, Rob Zombie stuff, so it's 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 not of my uh, default genre. Uh, what is your favorite place? Easy, Montana, Scott. Oof. Uh. 
man. Uh, I've been, I need to go to a lot more places generally. I haven't traveled nearly enough, but uh, I love uh, Big Bear. I love that area. Uh, Eden Canyon near Pasadena is pretty great. I love that place. Easy. Yeah. Uh, hmm. This is a good one. Uh, this gentleman's actually asked this before, but this is good because Scott's on. Compare acting on film versus acting in theater for you. Challenges and benefits you enjoy from both. Could be a long answer, so we'll try to keep it short because I'm sure both of us. I don't actually, Scott, if you have a theatrical performance background or not. Uh, you know, I haven't really done much stage performing. No. Not not for lack of wanting to. Sure, it's yeah. just, uh, you know, I... I have rehearsed for plays and I have practiced with for, for plays and I've done films where like we rehearsed and treated it like a play yeah. because we plan on just shooting and start to finish. Yeah. And there is something to be said for like living in that performance and yeah. doing something that you have to memorize and live in and actually carry out from beginning sure. all the way to end. Yeah. And yeah, what Scott's talking and, about and uh, I'll, I'll attest to is I guess the, the very uh, obvious comparison is with theater. I mean, not to get too like heady and artistic, but like you have to, I mean, there I've done plays where I was on stage the entire 90 minutes. So you had to have all your lines memorized. You had to be quote unquote yep. in character the entire 90 minutes. So the thing with theater acting in that scenario is, is you are depending on your methodology or your your headspace however you choose to act you're in that character you're in that headspace for a solid 90 minutes you have to have your lines memorized you have to be in the zone whatever you want to call it uh so i think the blatant obvious comparison is when it comes to theater it's more quote-unquote real like it, it's not disjointed whereas for those of you who don't know filmmaking even when they do a like the closest thing tv and correct me if i'm wrong what you think scott the closest thing in film and television that is closest to theater is if they just do a long take where everybody else says their lines memorized yeah. and you have to do a long take. But even in film and TV, a long take is considered maybe what's a long take in TV and film? Five minutes. If that, yeah, five, five, usually about five. Yeah. And that's just less. because there's so many moving parts when it comes to TV and film, like lighting camera angles. If you, ha you can't because it's because in the medium, you can't, do a continual take because it you know a cameraman might get in the shot of another cameraman so it's just it's just a logistical issue so i think the biggest comparison is the challenge uh to answer your question challenges benefits from each the challenges of theater uh the benefit obviously is you get to be the character the entire time like you, it's much more rewarding you stay in character you can pretend you interact you don't break character so to speak uh, but the yeah. challenge obviously is I look back and I'm like, how in God's name did I memorize 90 minutes of dialogue when I can barely remember a phone number? Um, it's kind of like when you memorize a song, it's just a really long song. <laughs> exactly. So I think like I see you always hear the stories like anybody like I'll, I'll mention my uh, my heterosexual man crush, Jack, Hugh Jackman. They always say stuff like when it talks about theater, they talk about like their their love for theater. Jillian Hall, in fact, is doing a one man show where he does like a 90 minute monologue. Uh, right man, now I got to see that. Yeah. And uh, I mean, so, yeah, it's it's much more rewarding because no matter what kind of acting you do or your belief in acting to 
portray that character and not have to break character for a lighting setup for you know new makeup or all the crap that goes on in filmmaking it's much more rewarding because you can stay in that character and play pretend and not have to break but right. it's it's I see the value of why major movie stars go back to theater if that's where their roots are. It's 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 much more rewarding. It just is, you know. It's 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 not as quote unquote. Hell, I stand corrected. I think it's more realistic if you have a good stage or a good theater or a good like designed stage. You it feels more real. Us as the consumers of movies, it looks more real. Yet if you actually saw the day it was being made. It's a crap show. It doesn't look anything like what we see in the final product. The actor probably was standing in some absurd setup where he had to pretend 80% of the, the environment existed. So film is just inherently disjointed. I, and I think, I think, honestly, a lot of actors get back into like, play and stage productions later on, not only because like that... That the niceness of being able to live in that character and do it for that amount of time, but mm -hmm. also because literally the amount of time it takes, like that's a time commitment that is extremely huge. Yeah. So you have to be in a position where you can afford that. Well, time. that's the other thing. Yeah. I mean, here's a little, I, I never mean to do these to like ruin Hollywood or, or the business for you, but here's a fact theater pays crap. So if you're yep. planning on doing it to pay your bills, you're screwed. You have to be Jill and Hall on Broadway. You have to be on Wick on you know in Wicked or some major thing. Um, yeah, my major agent, stage yeah, production. My agent, my manager don't even submit me to uh, theater auditions because you at my level there are there are a percentage of how many seats they sell. So you, it's terrifyingly unreliable. And then you put that proportionate to the amount of time you have to put in. You don't get paid for rehearsals. You don't get paid for the four or five hours a day you spend at the theater rehearsing. You only get paid for performances. So it, it can't be done as a hobby or you have to be already be inherently wealthy. So it's yeah. sad. I would love to do more theater. I, I couldn't do it. Like I've auditioned for two plays here and I, was, and I denied declined one because I did the math and I would have lost money, <laughs> you know? And yeah, like Scott said, you have to, uh, moving on. Um, I don't have a question. Oh, that's really kind. I'll skip it. Hi, how are you? I'm fine. And Scott, how are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Cool. Um, <laughs> uh, poor English. Sorry, no offense. Uh, I can't answer that one. What do you think about the menu? Okay, this doesn't go to Scott more me. Uh, what do you think about the army that's supporting you from BTS? Uh, for those listening, uh, it's because I was a bodyguard for this band. I think it's awesome. I, I feel like I don't deserve it, but I'll take it and I appreciate it. Uh, moving on, S your favorite song, just one, Scott. Oof. Yeah. Uh, man. Uh, pass. <laughs> I can't pass. <laughs> um, my favorite song, uh, yeah, I wasn't ready to pass, but. Saturday Night, Sam Cooke. All right. That's, um, well, because for those of you who don't know, I'm going to take advantage of this fancy setup I have. Saturday Night, Sam cook because uh, i can't hear it in my head let's hear saturday night by sam oh god wait another saturday night yes okay i want to hear this so saturday, another saturday night sam cook don't you play commercial you introducing the new capital one saver <laughs> sounds like a commercial yeah stand by let's get this commercial out of the way uh oh you know it's perfect while we're waiting for this commercial to play just a minute 
It's the hold music. Hold music. All right, that's the hold music. The email. Long enough. The, the, the emails. <laughs> All right, Sam Cook. This. I wouldn't have pictured that, Scott. I, I feel like I don't even know you. Hey, man, I'm a, I'm a man of diverse and multicultural tastes. All right, I will say mine. Oh, this. The problem is, is this guy buckles down on his um, music being online. It's so hard mm. to find. Um, it's like Metallica level crunch. Let me see if this. Mm. Oh, screw it. I own this song. I will just play it. Sorry, sir. Let me see if I can do that. Uh, All right, my favorite song is... This is going to be really janky. Because I'm playing the song over my phone. This is easily my favorite song. This is The River by Garth Brooks. Um, he's he's Metallica-level protection of his music being online. He's crazy protective. Good song. So good question. Well, hopefully you don't get slapped with a cease and desist. Yeah, exactly. Can't wait for that lawsuit. Thank you for making me play that. Um, God, a lot of questions. Which one are your favorite? Um, how old are you? Uh, or how are you? I'm fine. Scott's also good, he said. Still um, good. We didn't answer this specifically. Uh, my favorite food, if I was to eat anything in the world, I love beer and pizza. Scott? Oh, man. Bacon cheese, bacon double cheeseburger with avocado on top. And, from, a, uh, from a specific place? No, just that. Just that burger <laughs> itself with some fries and a cold beer. All right. Jesus. Uh, these are some really good questions. Three th Scott, you go first. Three things that make you a special person. What? Yeah, that's very lovey. Oh, that means I gotta talk nice about myself. All right, okay. I'll tell. I'll, we'll answer each other. This is a little huggy, you know. But three things that make Scott a special special person in my eyes. Scott is extremely. Um, what's the right word? Um, understanding. Number one. Oh, that's um, true. Yeah. Number two, Scott that makes him a special person. Loyalty. Uh, number three, special thing, uh, thing that makes Scott special. Number three, um, abundantly creative. Oh, look at us stroking, stroking each other. Oh, buddy. Oh, your turn. All right. What makes Jeff a special person? Well, <laughs> first of all, Jeff is like just the nicest gentleman Aww. that I think I know. And that, those are very important terms there, gentlemen, because it's a rare breed. There's not very many gentlemen left in the world. <laughs> and uh, he also is just genuinely a nice person. He tries to be very, very empathetic and, and understanding of people also. And I think he's a good dude. He's a good, uh, he's a good role model. There we go. Look at that. A lot of love. God, okay, we're almost done. Um, also, the yes, dude can oh. act. I'll take that one. I'll take that interjection. Dude can act. 
and he is the most dedicated, hardworking individual I've ever met. Possibly, likely to a fault. Yes. Uh, wrapping these up. We're almost done. Uh, there's only a couple more. Um, how much muscle have you gained so far? None. Um, something is up with my metabolism. I've doubled my calories, and I can't get any bigger for Jack Reacher. Uh, for those of you wondering, for Jack Reacher, I'm just assuming I'm going to get the role from Tom. Well, Tom Cruise doesn't have it, but I'm assuming I'm going to get the one that gets it when they go to probably Netflix. Um, and I just am preemptively getting bigger because the artist's renditions of the page to like graphic drawings and graphic novel drawings, um, people don't realize that that drawing means the dude is like 290 pounds. Um, that in the books, he's 250 pounds and I'm too skinny for the graphic rendition. So I've gained zero. Uh, so basically I need to gain 40 to answer that question. <laughs> Um, I think that's insane. It is. Uh, and to answer that, Scott, speaking on behalf of the audience and yourself, um, it's easier to drop it than gain it. So I really want to, as Scott knows, I'll, I'd rather just be, I want to just assume, always be ready for the people that could change my life rather than, it's just like this weird, uh, I just, I got to know I've done everything in my power, which is in this case, healthy to to Simon um, Mitchell of Iron Paradise in the United Kingdom, who's done the whole jacked Reacher program. We're doing this very clean and smart. Um, how are you, Scott? And I've already answered that. Um, <laughs> this is a Korean thing, so for those Korean listeners, if you've transitioned over to the podcast, you might need to educate me. I know in American um, vernacular, if somebody says, "Can you be my daddy?" it, it it's got a very um, submissive domination sexual uh, tone to it. It's right? kinky. It's kinky. I believe, and don't quote me on this, when somebody says, can you be my daddy, it's actually slightly a term of, um, it's not as kinky as the American thing. So to answer your question, no, but thank you. <laughs> question mark? Yeah. Um, and then, um, last person, I don't have any questions. So thank you for posting. You don't have any questions in the Q and a segment. <sighs> that's, uh, that's, that's definitely one way to do it. Good Lord. So we will wrap that up get a cowboy term, a sex term and wrap this show up. So that has been Q and a. <laughs> you okay on time? Oh, yeah, I'm good. All right, cool. Uh, people are getting their money's worth. All right, so we'll do cowboy term or sex term and move on. So for those of you who don't know, Scott and I do a little game called cowboy term or sex term. <laughs> All right, cowboy term or sex term for those of you who don't know. Cowboy term or sex term. Basically, I'm going to say a term, cow, uh, and Scott is going to decide if it's a cowboy term or sex term and then before i give him the answer he is going to give what he thinks his definition is of and then he also has got to keep it pg-13 which makes him if it's a sex term he has to really dance around the definition and then after that's all done you'll hear either um if he if the term not whether not what scott said but if the term is a cowboy term you will hear uh and if the definition if the term is a sex term I'm bringing sexy back. You'll be here, Duke Nukem. And, oh, yeah. Um, so, cowboy term or sex term. Let me get that screen up. This is where having a producer would be helpful. All right, so cowboy term or sex term number one. 
I love these so much. Um, Jag. J-A-G. Cowboy term or sex term? Jag? Yeah. Ugh. I don't know. That's such a... I can't wait to what tell a, you What stuff. a weird, innocuous word. <laughs> jag. You jagweeds. Yeah, uh, yeah. Jag, man, I don't know. I can't even think of what jag would be in the context of like, you know, sex. I'm going to say, I'm going to say jag is a cowboy term. Okay. And your theoretical definition. Theoretical definition. uh oh gosh i don't know like uh like something that's really difficult to tame or like a really tough bronco to break okay so scott says cowboy term made up a, uh, a definition and was he right is it a cowboy term or a sex term <laughs> he was right it is a cowboy term all right again the definition is not even relevant because it's not even a chance but ironically <laughs> This is possibly the best one I've done in every episode. A jag is a small load. What? <laughs> a small load? Of what? Therein lies the humor of the double entendre. What is this a small load of? It could be, um, you know, like a in the western because it's anything to do with western stuff it could be a small load on the horse's back in your in your wagon in your god only knows but that small is small load is the jag that is from legendsofamerica.com western slang lingo and phrases uh, writer's well, guide how about that that's why i couldn't i was like oh my god this is too perfect <laughs> So Scott is one for one. Oh God! Holla at your boy. The mouse stuck. All right, cowboy term or sex term number two. Oh come on, that's just plain. Good lord. <laughs> Good. Are you okay, buddy? Yeah. I just gotta. Man down. Uh, I gotta get a cat out of my computer. Ah. Uh, all right, number cowboy. Oh, this is too. Whatever. Cowboy term or sex term? Number two. Kicking the tires. Oh. Oh, okay. Uh, kicking the tires. Uh, it's got a very obvious definition to me, which doesn't seem at all sexual, but I wonder if it's a pump fake and then kicking the tires is some weird kinky thing. <laughs> Ah, uh, this is the game, isn't it? <laughs> the game is afoot. Oh, you wily, wily fool. <laughs> Let's see your games. All right. Kicking the tires, kicking the tires. Uh, I'm going to say it's a cowboy term. Okay, cowboy term. And uh, I'm going to say it's like, uh, I don't know, probably like a playfully colloquialism like oh that's funny that's a kick in the pants oh well, that's a, okay something only it's pissing you off so it's like kicking the tires gotcha okay so scott says cowboy term and was he right i'm bringing sexy back no it's a sex term 
Meaning, well, now I have to read it, keeping it PG. Uh, this is actually okay. Kicking the tires, premarital sex. Like you kick your tires in the car to make sure you want to buy it. Oh, kicking the tires. test drive. Uh, premarital sex, origins from the practice of kicking the tires of a used car before purchasing it. I see. See, it's so obvious. It's Trying crazy. it out. Yep. Uh, all right, so just keep. We got to keep it odd so we can get a very blatant win or loss. Um, <laughs> this one's so obvious, but I gotta do it. Num Cowboy term or sex term number three. That almost brought instant tears. <laughs> Manhole cover. Cowboy term or sex term. Manhole cover. Well, I'm definitely going sex term on this one. And let's hear your uh, PG-13 definition. Ah, manhole cover. This could be very literal, and it could just be um, a condom. Okay. Manhole protection, if you will. Okay, so you're just sticking sex term uh, condom. Yeah, I have another possible theory for, for a definition, it, but I feel rabbit. like it's a bit much. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, okay we'll, we'll keep it at that since the show's long. Otherwise, I would interrogate. So Scott says cow, or Scott says sex term, and you're pretty much this condom. Was he right? I'm bringing sexy back. Two for three. <sighs> uh, yes. Manhole cover. It's a tampon or... Oh, I've never heard it called this. This sounds gross and wrong, but it's by definition uh, right. A period pad. Never heard that before. Okay. Manhole cover. So <laughs> that has yeah. been, that has been cowboy term or sex term. That two out of three ain't bad. Not bad at all. All right. So uh, that comes to the conclusion of the show. Um, here is where I ramble a little bit. Sincerely, uh, now that Scott's involved, I'm not joking around. This Scott and I uh, put out all this free content, and for those of you subscribing to the show or contributing to whatever way, shape, or form on the patreon.com forward slash Jeff Bosley page, you choose to help us, it means the world to us. Um, no, dis no disrespect to Joe Rogan, but the guy can afford to kick out seven podcasts a week for free because he doesn't, you know, he has money. Uh, so I really, truly feel podcasts are going the way of Netflix. It's it's one of the last free pieces of content out there. So for those of you, uh, we're, Scott and I are kicking out the free content. And for those of you feeling the need to contribute to pretty much any form of the cause... And it's ironic, Scott is my podcast uh, co-host in that we are working on two major projects. Um, and so this stuff really does mean a lot to us. So thank you um, for those of you who have contributed literally to the soundboard I'm working on right now, the app I'm using to do the sound effects. And if Scott comes in, the mic he's going to use, it means the world to us. So blah, 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 blah. Basically, thank you. We do this for you. Chime in, send us emails, whatever way, shape, or form, because at the end of the day, Scott and I don't go listen. Like I listen to this to like review how well we did, but it's not like I listen to it for my own entertainment. So we do this for you. Uh, help us create the show. If you enjoyed it, if you didn't enjoy it, we're doing this for you. Um, it means the world to us. Um, there's another thing I was supposed to say. <laughs> I'm, I kind of took some time off. Um, doing great. I know. <laughs> um, but thank you. Episode 50, uh, Saturday, February 16th. Um, in the meantime, 
please um oh this is going to be a tricky one i got to do a sound fade and talk at the same time let's see if i can do this right now all right so thank you from scott and i go forth conquer kick ass be relentless and uh it's not working you son of a bitch <laughs> and why is best laid plans anyway uh go forth conquer kick ass be relentless adios thanks scott Thanks, everybody. Have a good uh, have a good day. Enjoy this podcast and keep listening because we're gonna have a lot of crazy more good times. All right, adios, bye. <laughs>